0: you've probably gotten one of these as well. An email that you can't respond to in just a few phrases or got it, that's great. And perhaps you sit down and you start to begin responding to that email and then realize, oh, this is gonna take a half hour. I had an email like that a couple weeks ago. This person wrote me and said, Dear Father Brigida." I just had a few questions regarding the Trinity. So, I want to thank this person because they're giving me the opportunity for the last couple of weeks to prepare for this homily. And I told them, actually, I said, I'm going to record my homily so you can listen to that. The Trinity is the central mystery of our faith. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And of course, it's also your patronal feast day, the triune God who rules in heaven and yet is intimately involved in our everyday lives. The person who sent me this email asked, first of all, how can Jesus be the Son of God but also God? Also, Jesus always claims to be the Son of God throughout the Bible. So why do we call him God as well? So, in order to understand the Trinity better, I'm going to try to answer, begin to answer. We can't really do it in the space of a homily, but to begin to answer that question. In John's Gospel, in the 10th chapter, he says, I and the Father are one. Jesus says, I and the Father are one very famous bishop in a commentary on scripture, Archbishop Fulton Sheen said that in the Greek that word for one is neuter. Jesus isn't saying that, hey, the father's just a different mask that I put on at one age and the son's another mask I put on at a different time. But the oneness that he's talking about is their essence, their substance. The father and I are one in our substance. God is one, and God is three. There's another point a few verses later in that same chapter, just after Jesus has said that he is one with the Father, where the Jews take up stones, and they want to stone Jesus for what he's just said. Jesus asked them, For which good work are you stoning me? And they answered him, Not for any good work do we stone you, but for blasphemy, and because that thou being a man makest thyself God. See, here's the problem. In the Gospels, Jesus doesn't come out directly like we would want Him to say. I'm God. There are a few passages like that in John. But for the most part, Jesus reveals that He is God in a very Jewish way. What do I mean by that? By riddles, by parables, by begging the question of his listeners. Jesus wants them to come to the place where they realize that he is equal with the Father. Let me give you a couple examples real quick. One of Jesus' miracles is his stealing of the seas and the wind on the Lake of Galilee. Now, in the Old Testament, only God had power over the sea and the wind. And so when Jesus does that for his disciples who are on, in, caught up in the storm, it's a revelation of his divinity. They begin to wonder, who is this that even the sea and the waves obey him? Or the wind and the waves obey him? There's another point at another time when Jesus walks on the water. Again, showing his power over the water. Here it's even more manifest that Jesus is pointing to his divinity. There's an interesting phrase in Mark's gospel that says, Jesus intended to pass by his disciples. In the Old Testament, God had told both Moses and Elijah, you cannot see my face and live. And he had hid them even in a theophany, a divine manifestation in the cleft of the rock as he passed by. And as he went by them, he called out, the Lord, the Lord. Jesus, as he's going by the boat, as he's walking upon the sea, says, do not be afraid. I am. Now, usually it gets translated in our English translations as, it is I basically just, hey, it's me, Jesus, don't you recognize me? But the words there are ego eimi, the same phrase that God uses in the Old Testament to reveal himself to Moses on Mount Sinai. When in the fiery bush God reveals to Moses I am. I am the God of your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, the last incident that I want to share with you, uh, there's many more in the the New Testament, but the last one to uh, show, bring home this, this aspect of Jesus revealing his divinity, actually deals with the phrase that's written over the tabernacle here. This phrase takes place in Jesus' transfiguration when he brings up Peter, James, and John with him on the mountain. And it says that in the Gospel that his clothes became dazzling white as no fuller, no bleach on earth could make them. Well, who appears with him? The two great men of the Old Testament represent the law and the prophets, Moses and Elijah, the two who had the great manifestations of God's divinity. They appear with him. A cloud comes down upon the mountain. And then the phrase that you have here, est filius meus dilectus, in quo mihi bene complacuit ipsum aurite. This is my beloved son, or this is my son, my beloved, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. It's a similar phrase to what is uttered when Jesus is baptized. So there we have another one. Jesus' baptism is a revelation of the Trinity where the Spirit is seen coming down upon him as well. Sometimes when we read the scriptures, we expect them to be immediately understandable as though we were picking up a newspaper or as though we were speaking to somebody. But the scriptures are far deeper, far richer. They invite us into this story that the Lord does, This where He, he pulls us in. He asks us questions. He asks us to engage personally. Not just to get information, but so that our lives may be changed. The Holy Spirit is also revealed in scriptures as a person. Jesus says, it is for your advantage that I go, and unless I do go back to the Father, the Spirit, the Advocate will not come. Jesus speaks about his Father and he speaks about the Spirit as differentiated persons from himself. Now, in case you just think that, well, maybe this is one priest's interpretation of it, let's let's take a quick look at a couple early church writers, what we call church fathers, who talk about the Trinity. Polycarp, disciple of St. John the Apostle. He says of Jesus that he is the eternal high priest himself, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. A little bit farther, he says, Our Lord and God, Jesus Christ, and in his Father who raised him from the dead. So even though Jesus uses the phrase Son of God, he is also God. Another quote here from another early church father, St. Ignatius, who died in about 117 AD, And of Jesus Christ our God, he says. In another place he says through the blood of God. That's an interesting phrase there. We don't believe that the Father or the Spirit took a human nature or took a body to themselves. So it can only refer to Christ through the blood of God. The Fathers also speak of the Spirit as a person, as one of the Trinity as well. Scripture describes the Holy Spirit as having personal characteristics. The Spirit has mind and will, speaks and can be spoken to, and acts and intercedes for us. These indicate that the Spirit is personal. In other words, another person. The Trinity is a mystery. We can't understand it we can't even begin to comprehend it. We can only get glimpses of it, true glimpses. But as St. Augustine said, when he had seen a little boy trying to pour the ocean or the sea into a little hole in the sand on the shore, he realized that that was a metaphor for our minds, how we try to fit the infinite God into something that is finite. Although God is one of a kind, there's nothing else like God, like the three persons, like the unity in one substance. Nevertheless, the closest reflection perhaps we have in this world is the family, where the love of two people, a husband for his wife and the wife for her husband, that That love is so strong that it yet produces another person. When we speak about the Heavenly Father and His Son, we say that the love, that bond of love, is so strong between them that it is yet another person. The Holy Spirit is that bond of love between them. Perhaps the reason we have such a hard time understanding the Trinity is because we have a hard time even understanding our own natural human relationships. Think about it this way, when we say, oh, there's a father and a son, on one level we can think, oh, if there's a father then he comes before, the father is greater than his son. But that doesn't work with the Trinity, because even though there is a father who is the principle of the divinity, from which that divinity flows. Nevertheless, the Son doesn't come at some later point. He's always there with the Father, always being generated, always coming out of the abundant love of the Father, always being brought forth. And even though we say that one is Father in principle of the divinity, his, his dignity is not greater than the Son. The Son is equal with him. And the same is true of the Spirit. Let's take that insight about the Trinity then and apply it to our human relations. So many of our problems come from failing to see that we are, that we have equal dignity in God. Not one of the partners in a marriage or one of the members of a family is greater in dignity. And yet there is a difference in roles. And this is what the Trinity also shows us as well. The Father exercises His role. The Son even shows a deference and an obedience to the Father. Even though He's equal with the Father, He humbles Himself. And so does the Holy Spirit, being obedient to the two of them. They're all equal, and yet there's this mutual deference, this working with one This submission. What if our families were more like that? A realization that no matter how young a child is or how much experience a person has, all are equal in dignity before God. Yet nevertheless, the father has a special role in his family. He is called to lead, not just by a natural thing, but by a divine call. His wife is called to assist him, to give deference, and together they are to be at service of the children and their family. The Trinity, therefore, reveals in its inner life what we are supposed to be as family. Let us, therefore, before this mystery, bow down. Let us prostrate ourselves as the apostles did in the boat when Jesus revealed His divine nature. Let us say, O Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore you profoundly. May the Holy Trinity teach us what it means to be human and to be children of God.